Uh, like we said, it's Family Sunday, and so uh, for those who listen on the podcast and listen online, uh, right here in front of me is a whole bunch of tools you can't see, and you'll probably hear kids yelling out uh, things during the service. It's fine. It's Family Sunday. We expect interruption. As a matter of fact, we plan for it. We are starting a series called Decisions, Decisions, and uh, what we're hoping to accomplish within uh, this week and the, the coming four weeks is that we will be able to look back and be able to make better decisions than maybe we've made in the past. There might be parts of your life that you look back and you think, if only I had, <laughs> or if only I had not <laughs> you know, done that. And there's portions of our life that we live with regret because of poor decisions that we made. And this morning, what we're going to talk about is setting it all up. So if I'm talking right now and all of a sudden you think, oh man, it would have been awesome if so-and-so were here, because isn't that what we do when we listen to a sermon? We think if only so-and-so were here, we never think about ourselves. But if you think about that, if only so-and-so were here, um, they can listen to the podcast, they'll get all caught up. This is just kind of an intro. And then the next four weeks, we're going to go over some very specific areas of our life, some of them very uncomfortable. Um, uh, But I think it's going to help us in making better decisions. When you drove here this morning, whether you liked it or not, you were following a certain set of principles that you were submitting yourself to. Now, I've seen some of you drive, and some of you weren't submitting as well as others, Um, and, and a lot of you probably were not even thinking about it. When you got to a stoplight, you stopped probably, okay, uh, uh, at least for a while, <laughs> okay, when you came to a stop sign, you slowed down, I'm sure, okay? Uh, when you drove here, uh, you stayed as much as you could on your side of the road. Now, here's the thing. Not only did you submit yourself to those principles, if I were to ask you, are those things important, you would probably say yes, and even more importantly, you are counting on everybody else to submit to those principles as well, okay? And if I were driving on the other side of the road and came into your lane and my answer was, well, listen, you can do what you want and I'm going to do what I want, you would have a long, um, very um, colorfully worded exchange with me to explain why that isn't the best uh, way to run our lives. And, uh, on Monday, I go to the doctor for just some... Uh, appendage I have growing out of my head. Uh, In any event, that was disgusting. Um, And so I'm going to the doctor, and I'm assuming that that doctor is going to submit himself to certain principles of medicine, to certain laws, to certain regulations, to certain, uh, this intellectual pool of knowledge of medicine. I'm assuming he's going to submit himself to that. And then when he tells me what's wrong with me, I, to the best of my ability, will submit myself to his authority. When we build this patio, um, you know, when we first started this whole process, I came up with my design that I did in crayon and on construction paper. And uh, it was like a water park. And uh, it was awesome. And then once it got to the designer and to the engineers, they explained to me there's certain principles of engineering uh, that I was not adhering to. And so uh, we have to change the design because we were all submitting ourselves to certain uh, principles of things like, I don't know, gravity and velocity. And, and so um, we were submitting ourselves to that. And now the plans that we have, now that I've learned about uh, 
about foreground, midground, and background, and color schemes, and how people flow, and all that. The plans we have are much better because all of us are submitting ourselves to these types of principles. And you can kind of see this goes on and on and on. If you're a teacher, you submit yourself to certain teaching things. If you're a student, you don't go to your biology class and expect to learn math. You go to your biology class and expect to learn biology. Now, here's, here's the thing that I've, I've noticed in my life. In all areas of life, whether it's medicine, finances, driving, Uh, all these different things, we kind of understand that it's important to have rules, regulations, principles, and it's important to submit ourselves to them. And yet, oftentimes, when it comes to our Creator, who created us uniquely, who understands us very well, it becomes difficult for us to submit to His leadership to the rules and regulations, if you will, or the principles or the systems that he has planned. Now, what I'm going to do this morning is something a little different. I'm going to build something before your very eyes. And um, for those of you who are in the, nothing should shoot out, but if it does, I apologize. And, um, and there'll be someone who studied the principles of medicine that will allow you to get your eye back. Um, But here's the thing. There we go. I take a piece of wood. And by the way, if anyone would like, while I'm doing this, again, it's family Sunday, so it's completely uh, different Sunday than normal. If you want, I have some other construction stuff here. There's a hammer and a balloon. I don't don't even know where the balloon came from. But anyway, you can use it if you want. Uh, There's a whole bunch of stuff. So if you want to, you can just kind of come up while I'm building this. You can come up and put the stuff down there. You don't have to, but I just put it there just so uh, you could have a, you know, something to do while I'm doing this. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to take this, and I'm going to submit myself to this ruler. You think, well, wow, I did that in Catholic school. No, it's a different kind of ruler. (laughs) And, uh, (laughs) wow. Okay. We we love the Catholic Church. That was just a bad Catholic joke. Okay. Uh, I'm going to submit myself to this ruler. I expect that this ruler is accurate. I expect that when it says uh, six inches, that it actually is six inches. And, and so I go down the line, and I'm assuming that these are all uniform, and I mark the uh, spots that I need to, to, to mark, and I'm assuming, and I'm submitting myself to this ruler. Now, again, I don't have to use this if I don't want to, okay? I can just say to myself, I know what six inches is. My, my pinky thing, that's about an inch. And so I could just go like one, two, three, four, five, six, and, and, and make my line. And in the same way, I'm taking this as square, and I'm submitting myself, or I'm acknowledging the fact that when I make this line, this is going to be, you're going to make something. All right, well, thanks. I should have known. Um, you know what? Knowing you guys, you're so creative, it's probably going to be better than my thing. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, it's like we made an accordion. What? God. And we wrote a song while we were doing it. Good night. I hate our worship leader and her mom. Um, so I make these marks. And again, I, 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 these have to be straight. I'm assuming the reason I'm doing this is because I'm assuming that these are going to be straight. Now, 
again, for those of you in the front row, man, how many, this is what happens when you get old, right? You got like 57 glasses on there, okay? Now, this is going to get loud. That was the scariest part of it. But as you can see, there were a bunch of things I did where I submitted myself, good gracious, where I submitted myself to certain principles, all right? Now, you're like, it just got scarier. Yes, it did. So there's other principles that we have that God created that we just submit to every day of the year when we, whether we know it or not. One of them is gravity. The reason it's going to be hard for me to nail this together is because there's a law of gravity, and I know about that law, and so I trap for it with one of these. This allows me to grab this stuff and kind of hold it in place, uh, get it to a good you know, spot so that I can nail it when I need to nail it. But again, you can kind of see how all this works together, okay? And yes, I should be wearing goggles and all that kind of stuff, but let's not go crazy. Oh, sorry about that. I pointed that way. Man, you guys are sissies, man. All right, so I have these different things that I've measured. Now, listen, it doesn't take a genius to realize to the extent that I've submitted myself to these laws that's how great my project is going to turn out, right? You, you get that? So let's see. Uh, I got to remember how to do this thing. How's your stuff coming? Do you guys know what you're making? Huh? It's a teepee or a wigwam. So this, this Indian, Native American, goes into the uh, doctor and he says, Doctor, sometimes I feel like a teepee. We didn't plan this, by the way. And sometimes I feel like a wigwam. And the doctor says, oh, I know your problem. You're too tense. (laughs) I'm here all week. (laughs) I I really am. Actually, I, I work here. Okay, so anyone have an idea of what I'm making? Yeah, not too shabby. Let's see what we got here. So, the reason I can make this so fast, and again, it's not very good, but it'll be, uh, mama. Are you guys making a birdhouse? It's bigger than mine. I don't like that. All right. Anybody uh, want a birdhouse? Any of the kids who are here? Well, it's the person who said, me, 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 me. There you go. It's a birdhouse. Hey, I'm going to let your mom hold this because there's a whole bunch of stuff that's all jacked up on it. Okay. Now, if you were to inspect 
I hope we have someone vacuuming before the next church gets here. If you had somebody inspecting that birdhouse, it wouldn't take very much to realize all the mistakes I made and kind of, you know, you'll look at parts that I didn't nail correctly. You're going to have to nail those in or whatever. There's parts that will probably put somebody's eye out, but we have insurance for all that. And, uh, but we would all agree to the extent that that's a good birdhouse and to the extent that that's whatever it is. Uh, time's up, by the way. I have a sermon to preach. Wow. That is fantastic. You guys are awesome. Somebody get a picture of that. That is fantastic. We'll put that on our website. Listen, to the ex- does anyone else want a birdhouse? Because I have an extra one. Was there another girl there? Yep. All right. You guys can take it. There you go. That was the one I practiced with this weekend. Um, Now, to the extent that that's a good birdhouse or a bad birdhouse, I'm not going to be the judge. I'm just going to tell you that it it was all a matter of how well did I submit to the laws of carpentry? How well did I submit to those laws? If if, if I just decided, and I could have, I could have just eyeballed all of it. I could have just kind of come and just said, um, well, I'm not a baby. I can draw a straight line. And I could have sat there and I could have just kind of like drew drew the straightest line I, I, I could. But all those things, all those decisions would show up in the final project. Now, if you're building a birdhouse in front of a bunch of people, for a sermon illustration, fine, make all the mistakes you want. But if it's your life that you're building, if the little decisions you make in your life turn out later to be really bad decisions, to end up showing up in your life in a way that you wished you had known back then, if you had had the right tools, if you had had the right understanding of what you wanted your life to be, you would have made different decisions. And that's what we want to talk about, not only this morning, but over the next few weeks. Oftentimes, we find ourselves at the end of our lives or at the end of a chapter of our lives, and we look at our lives, and we don't like what we've built. Because we didn't either know, or we didn't have the tools, or we rushed the job, or we just put our fingers in our ears and said, it's all going to turn out fine. And the people I sit with during the week... In my office, and the, the, the heartbreaking stories that we hear usually come back to a time when if only they had just made the right decision, if only they had just submitted themselves to the, to the principles that God would have, none of this would have happened. Now, the Bible talks about this. And uh, uh, Hannah, you might have to kind of get us set up because I keep losing connection with this thing, but... Uh, if you got, yeah, can you take over from here? Don't show the first verse yet. Oh, you can, that's fine. All right. Seriously, I got a gun up here. I can point it at any one of you guys if you want. So Solomon, Solomon was the wisest guy that ever lived. As a matter of fact, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about that he was so wise and, and, and he did such a great job with the economy of Israel that, that silver was so abundant it didn't have any value. 
You could, you could get silver anywhere. It was like uh, wood. It was like, it just had no value. That's how abundant it was. And what would happen is countries all around Israel would have a dilemma. They would gather up gold and silver and gifts and they'd go to King Solomon and they'd ask him, King Solomon, what do we do? And King Solomon was the wisest man that ever lived and he would tell them what to do and they would go back and they would put it into practice. And so this, the wisest man that ever lived wrote a bunch of things down for his sons to say, hey, you know, this is the way you should live. Follow after this. And, and they're all a bunch of like one-liners or two-liners, and they're, they're great. And there's 30 chapters of Proverbs in here, and you could read one a day. I've been doing that for the last 27 days or whatever day I'm on, where I just read them. I and you can read them and kind of just understand the principles. Now, here's the thing about Solomon that can be so frustrating. Here's this guy, the wisest man in the world, that knew all this kind of stuff and had no problem telling you how to live your life. But when you read the story of Solomon, there are parts of his life that when he ended, you would look and go, that was not very well built at all. Here's what he writes. Go ahead, Hannah. Thank you very much for that. He says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of, of wisdom. Now, what I mean by fear, if you want to put that up, is um, it, it's this, oh, that's right, uh, sign up for the fireworks stand. There we go. <laughs> it's respect that leads to submission. So in other words, I fear the police, not, not in a way of like I'm afraid of getting arrested, although uh, those days are over, but, um, it, but, but if, they, if they block off a street okay, and the lights are on, they say, don't, don't go through here. I respect the authority that they have. I respect what they're trying to accomplish. And so I submit myself to their authority by going around their blockade, or I submit myself to the authority. I, I fear the police. That would, you'd, that's kind of the way you'd, you'd use that terminology. It's respect that leads to submission. It's not to be afraid of. So it's not and be scared of the Lord, because if you make one false move, you are done. It's, we serve an awesome God who created us and loved us. It would be best for us, because of his love and because of his wisdom, to do what he would have us to do. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the second part of that verse says, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. In other words, understanding his character is understanding. And so we say, man, we've got this Bible and it's filled with all these different things and all this, these different plans for my life. And, 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 and if I understand the life I want to build, this is the blueprint for how to build it. And although I might have a certain idea, there are certain laws and principles and things that God has for us that says, I know you have a plan for a giant water slide, but it's not going to work in your life right now. And so it's the understanding of God going, I know he loves me. I know he created me, and I know he created me uniquely, and I know he wants to partner in the development of my life. That knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. First, I fear and I I respect him, and I understand how powerful he is and how well he understands me. And then just to know his heart is understanding. And um, And so basically what this verse is saying is that knowing the rules, knowing what to do. In other words, let let me tell you, let's just take the birdhouse example again. Let's say I showed you 
the ruler, and I showed you this little grippy thing, and I showed you the drill, and I showed you this, and all this kind of stuff. And I started talking about building things. And I told you about, you know, tongue and groove and all these kind of terminology. And you're thinking, man, that is awesome. This guy really knows his stuff. He's really got lots of tools and all this. And I said, let me show you what I made. And it's all crooked. You would think, I don't think he used any of that stuff. I might know everything. But that submission is the key. Here's how David uh, said it in Psalm 111. This is Solomon's dad. So you can kind of get an idea. Solomon had this from the time he was real little. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who follow his precepts, that means to do them, have good understanding. Those who've actually gone through with it, who actually used the ruler, used the straight edge, took their time, measured twice, cut once. The person who did those things has understanding. Psalm uh, 112.1 says, Praise the Lord. Blessed are those who fear the Lord. In other words, happy. In other words, what they're building is working. Those who fear the Lord. Uh, who find great delight in his commands. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, Proverbs 1.7, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. And so there's this idea that there are some people who understand the rules. Can I have that? <coughs> Excuse me. Who understand the rules. There are some people who ignore the rules, and there are some people who apply the rules, and you can see the difference in their lives. Hmm. Nothing like caffeine and power tools to make your Sunday morning awesome, okay? Here's, here's the thing I want us to get. You are building something, whether you want to or not. You are building a life. And here's oftentimes where I find people get stuck. They go through life just reacting. And, and so um, th- th- they'll get to a time in their life and they're lonely, And so they think to themselves, well, I'm lonely. The best thing would be a relationship right now. Well, maybe. (laughs) What are you trying to build? I mean, if you're trying to build a life that looks a certain way, maybe a relationship right now is the worst thing you can enter into. If you're at a time in your life where you look at your life and it's kind of in shambles and you think there are little things that you need to destroy first, you need to get out of your life first, you need to rework Maybe there's a part of your life you've built it on a certain foundation and you realize that foundation's no good and you're in the process of removing some things to build a firm foundation. Now is probably not the time to enter into a relationship. But oftentimes, I'm lonely, relationship, and off we go. What are you trying to build? What do you want future you to look like? We're going to be talking about this a lot as we head into next week. What, what, what is it? Who do, you, who do you want to become? How do you think God's created you? How, how do you think he wants you to be able to handle your circumstances? All these have an impact on what decisions you're going to make. Listen, the, the principles and the rules and the laws and the kind of systems that God has put in his word don't make your decisions for you. They just provide the context in which your decisions are going to be made. 
They provide a framework, depending on the life you want to build. But make no mistake, you are building a life. We talked about this morning uh, about a couple people in our church who've passed away. When we get to their funeral, uh, one of the things a funeral is, is it's a display of what they've built. You'll read oftentimes a eulogy that talks about what, what they liked and where they moved and all this kind of stuff. And depending on the person, there are large ports, uh, there are portions of their life that are draped over because we don't talk about those parts during a funeral. You know, at a funeral, you pretty much talk about all the good parts. And so, and so, you know, you've been to those kinds of funerals. Fortunately, praise God, the two we have this week, there aren't those covered over, but we've all been to them where there's certain big sections of their life we ain't going to talk about. Because when their life comes up here, it's better just to cover over those. I would imagine in our group, we want a life where there's no covered up spots. We want a life where, where we, can, we can say, look what the Lord has done. Now, there's some good news to all this and there's some bad news. The bad news is this. Our decisions matter. Every one of our decisions matter. Now, you can put it this way. If you think of your life as kind of like a masterpiece, a painting, every decision you make is a brush stroke on that canvas. Every decision you make marks something else. And so at the end of your life, you've got a, a giant picture. Now, that's the bad news for some of us. Because we look back at certain parts of our life and we think, you didn't have to tell me that. I already knew it. I wish my 20s, we could just cut that part of the canvas off. I wish that marriage, that first marriage, we could just choop, 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 cut it out, and then we just put a picture of Jesus there or something, or we, you know, just kind of, or at least, you know, X where my ex was, or whatever, you know, whatever the thing is, cover it up like a, you know, you're getting rid of a tattoo or something. I mean, just kind of, how, how do we cover that? Here's the good news. Jesus can take whatever you've created up to this point and use it for his glory. He can take any part, the part that you can't stand to look at, and he can turn it somehow with his creativity and your uniqueness, he can turn it into something beautiful. But we have to submit to the laws and principles that he's placed before us. We can't destroy part of our life and say we want Jesus to fix it and then say, but don't do it the way you want to do it. We're going to do it the way I want to do it. I just want you to just do it. He doesn't work that way. Because knowledge of the Holy One is understanding, as we begin to understand who God is and just the, the value of our lives and what he has for us, he wants to join us in this creation of our lives. Now, Jesus talks about this as well. Because uh, Jesus was a fan of the Old, Old Testament too. And he took this verse in Proverbs, maybe it wasn't this verse, but, but he kind of said the same thing. That you can know all you want to know. I mean, I don't know if you've ever met one of those people who knows everything, or at least thinks they know everything. And maybe they actually do know everything, which makes them even more annoying, because they're actually right most of the time. And so you're just like, uh, I just don't need to hear that you're right all the time. Just stop. But they know everything, right? And so you're around them all the time. But then you look at their lives, and you don't take advice from them. It's like they know everything. But when you talk about relationships or business decisions, whatever, you're not going to learn learn from them. Why is that? Because knowledge isn't what makes a good life. It's application. 
And so here's what Jesus said. And this is a sec- very famous section of Scripture, and you'll probably recognize it. And even the, the kids who are in the church this morning, they'll, they'll, they'll see it. The rains came down and the floods came up. I don't remember that. All right. It says this, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice. It is just the, it's the key of the whole thing. Anyone who buys a ruler and then actually measures with it. Okay, anyone who needs to draw a straight line and has a square and actually uses it, okay, not just deciding, ah, I can draw a straight line, is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rains came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. Now, he goes on. Because the flip side is also true. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them in the practice wants to try it their own way. Wants to think, well, that's your way and that's a good way, but I'm going to do it this way. It's like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. As we go into this series over the next four weeks, we're going to hit four areas of our lives. The four that I see that have the biggest impact of the decisions we make on what happens to our foundation. As I look and sit with people at the end of their life and in the middle of their life and during certain seasons of their life, some of them sit with sections of their life that they've tried to build and the rains have come and they're in shambles and they're wanting to rebuild. And it falls into these different categories. And some of them are going to be difficult and some of them are going to be challenging. And some of these you're going to go, wow, man. But here's the thing. Knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. If you would join me in the next few weeks of just taking that initial step, I'm going to submit to your way and not hold any part of your life back. I'm going to submit to you in this area. I'm going to submit to you in this area. I'm going to submit to you in this area. I'll bet by the time we get done in those five weeks, we will begin to get a vision for uh, 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 a different us than we have right now.